I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. (laughs) 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Merry day after Christmas by the time you're getting this. I'm coming to you live from sunny Santa Barbara, California, where I'm choking on the remnants of my Christmas breakfast recording this at the very last minute. As per usual. Listen, this is a cool ass episode. And before I go any further, I know because I know you guys because I know a lot of you guys are like me. Or like me at different iterations of my life. Because we're all humans. And I know we got a lot of curious minds and skeptics and free thinkers out there listening to this. I want you to just suspend your pessimism or your disbelief for one episode about astrology. Okay? And look... You can be like, that's horseshit, fuck you, whatever. But this episode with the Zine Witch, B, you know her. She is uh, an astrologer with autism. She is incredible. She fucking reads the stars like nobody I've ever seen. It's literal Rain Woman shit. Uh, I don't know if that's... Someone could take that as offensive, but it's not supposed to be, so just fucking don't. Uh... (laughs) Oh, fuck, I have the hiccups now? No, I have to get this recorded. All right, you guys might just deal with me with hiccups. So if you don't want that, scoot on ahead to the actual start of the episode. But listen, I put this here specifically because this is the last episode before the new year, last interview episode anyway, and probably last episode. Let's be real. I'm, I know I owe you guys some solos and I'm coming in. That's a, the new year. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be so much better about those. I hope, or be the same and feel even worse because I said I'd be better. These fucking hiccups. I swear to God, I will be fine. And then I turn on to record and it's, honestly, it's like the universe is running defense on me putting any of these out at this point. But we press on. Okay, as I was saying, she sat down with me and we went over the big astrological themes of 2024. So I want you to just... Obviously, if you're already into astrology, this is exciting for you. 
She says a couple things randomly about like specific signs and gives examples. So it's nice. And if you haven't already listened to it, go back to our original episode where uh, I interview her and her story. She's so wonderful and just so brilliant with this stuff. And also in that episode is where we kind of break down the like, this isn't, she's not a psychic. That's not what this is. This is literal looking at the sky. It's re- It's like num- numbers and patterns and real things that are out there. And then just interpreting them is where the astrology comes in. But even that is based on patterns. So you can listen to that one for a little more. Like, how do I get my mind to accept this as anything remotely logical? I'm so fucking sorry for the hiccups. This is not the first episode. I think this month where I've had the hiccups. What's going on? But just take note of the big themes, the big transitions, the big eclipses, the big etc. Excuse me, etc. etc. Write it. You got a calendar? Throw it in there. Just write like astrology thing. See if you notice later on at the end of next year. Go back and be like, wait a second. Oh my God, that is when this happened. Oh my God. She said that this part of the year would be this and holy fuck it is. Or maybe it's not. You know, at least if you're going to shit on astrology, confirm your bias. Fucking mark it down so you can go, actually, none of that happened. I would respect someone more. And I mean, like that's to me, otherwise it's just like the people who go like, uh, do your own research and you ask them for a source and they're like, well, it's not, it's not on the internet. <laughs> yeah, how do you think they're going to let information like that on the internet where anything exists. So just fucking for me, humor me, write to me when it doesn't work or when you go, holy fuck, it was exactly how she said it would go right at that time of the year. I had X, Y, and Z crazy wild coincidence. Maybe, or maybe there's something to this shit. Maybe planets moving in different directions and having gravitational pull around each other and or around the same thing and then getting in each other's pathways. Oh, uh, like energy's real. So why couldn't that affect the energy when you think about it in that way? So anyway, all that is my little spiel for all you negative Nancy skeptics, which I, I don't, you know, I love you guys. That's how I ended up doing this podcast. And now I'm yawning into the podcast. This is really great for people with audio sensitivities. I'm just coughing and hiccuping the hiccups are gone replaced with yawns doing whatever that swallow thing was which by the way do I swallow loud is that something you guys have noticed I know that's can't wait for that to get taken out of context but I may have said this before but Nate makes fun of me when I'll like drink water and he thinks I'm doing a bit where I'm trying to piss him off but I think he's just got audio sensitivities like he like he's super tuned into sounds because he's like you swallow water too loud like he thinks I'm trying to piss him off so nobody knows my sounds better than you dear listeners so let me know anyway on speaking of letting me know I'm gonna wrap up and get to this episode but uh if you want to let me know guests you'd like to see or you have, you know, you want to be on the front line for when I ask for questions for upcoming guests, or you just want to start a conversation about a topic, uh, that we talked about on the podcast. There's a Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Go there, get involved, start a discussion, join a discussion. Also, if you like seeing things on video, uh, you know, this one was obviously you'll be able to tell probably by the sound recorded over zoom. 
But I put all of the episodes on YouTube now, so... Why am I not just pausing it while I yawn? I have all the control, and yet I'm still fucking up. And isn't that really a metaphor for my entire life? Uh, And everyone's life, really, that you're like, oh, this was... I had the power, and yet here I am doing the same fucking fuck up again. Time to learn, maybe, one day. Um... Yeah, but if you like to visual, you know, put a face to the the voice, I'm putting everything on YouTube now. And a lot of these are, you know, both of us together in the same room. And then, you know, some like this will be on YouTube because I don't want to exclude cool guests who are nowhere near me. So that's that. Uh, follow the podcast at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram. You can follow me everywhere on social media at JMS Comedy. I'm at a hotel right now and it is a miracle that my dogs are not barking because there's a dog in another room going fucking crazy. I can hear one outside. I can hear one inside. This is hell on earth. Last night through the wall, there was a baby. And I thought until I came on this vacation and I'm about to get real uppity first world dink on you guys. So and by the way, dink, if you're not familiar, dual income, no kids is what couples who have no kids. It's like a nickname that I learned recently or in my case, technically an oink, uh, one income, no kids, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. There were, well, first of all, we got here. We've got a really nice, like we got a, the room upgraded from the American express. We've got a really cute balcony. It overlooks, I thought would just be the beach, the pool, which seems cool. I was like, cool. It's like this little like sanctuary area. And that's when I remembered it's Christmas and people have families. And some people from cold places go places at Christmas with their families for like a fun family vacation. And I didn't know I was a Grinch. Like Christmas is a really, it's about children. It's for them. But I immediately was like, this is is miserable. These children laughing and screaming and splashing about. And I was like, oh, I'm... Cruella DeVille. I don't know what I will not I'm not would never wear a doggy for don't worry girls um as I sit here with Nate's half Dalmatian on the bed uh she's so triggered by Cruella DeVille <laughs> I'm going on way too long but like yeah I literally was like I just don't know like maybe they could move our room like that's I thought I really had and then later that night when we came home from dinner through the wall we heard parents with a baby who by the way I'm leaning against the wall recording this they could probably hear me complaining about it now but I'm admitting that I was being I mean I just was like we heard little babies it wasn't like the baby was you know on a huge long tear but there was little you know whiny baby noises that babies make you know little cries to be like what's up something I need something and I don't know how to communicate that's me in my highest self on Christmas trying to after watching a Muppet Christmas Carol and being like, yes, have a thankful heart. Uh, (laughs) But I literally, I mean, this is, this is so dramatic, but but I had a thought. This was not the thought, but it was like the level of just uh, like Karen-y offended bullshit that I felt my body was like, why is God punishing me? <laughs> like, like level of like, why is there a child crying through the wall? Which is fucking insane. Like, good for that family for going and taking a cute little trip or 
coming to maybe visit their family in Santa Barbara, but knowing, having enough sense to be like, we're going to get a fucking hotel. We're not staying at your goddamn mom's house. And I'm here going, oh, the noise of a child. Oh, I hope, like, literally being like, I hope they don't wake up early and do some 6 a.m. Christmas bullshit. And I ended up getting up that early anyway on my own. I was just being curmudgeon But, like, you know how it is. We were like, is this baby going to like cry? Although, what kind of baby are we dealing with here? Because it's like, I don't know. If you have a baby that cries a lot, you get an Airbnb. You know what I mean? You maybe stay home. Maybe think about moving into the woods. It's just for the good of all that's holy in this world. Really, it's like... Now there's kids in the hallway. I can hear them. And they're so joyful. They're so cute. My little ovary. But also I'm conflicted. And, and no, I'm I'm joking. It's I mean, it's the same as like my dog barks sometimes. And people probably feel that way about her. Uh, so what can you do? You love the things you love. But I do feel like with kids, it's like, well, I mean, like, how much is it crying? Is it crying so much that everyone is going to be like, oh, God, because then your kid, you don't realize as a tiny baby is is like absorbing that reaction of oh people (laughs) now i'm just really making a case for it what am i doing i'm insane that's neither here nor there i'm not gonna make cases for why it's like well maybe like keep your baby tucked away if it cries a lot so it (laughs) so it isn't negatively impacted down the road realizing it wouldn't make it like makes a noise and wonders why it feels anxiety every time (laughs) it talks as an adult it's because people rolled their eyes when it was a baby that's so i'm insane i'm shutting the fuck up listen this is what happens. It's Christmas. My coffee hasn't kicked in. There's too much chlorine coming out of this pool where I tried to drink coffee over this morning. And I am not complaining. What a sunrise. I am blessed. I, I journaled about it. That's where I'm at. I'm journaling. Highly recommend it, by the way. You get yourself a little notebook, a little pen or pencil. Just write things down. Even if you don't have anything like coming to you, write what you're grateful for in the morning. Write out affirmations. There's science to back up that like positive affirmations and gratitude helps your mental health and listen we all go through it throughout the year and I know that this time of year is no different and is often heavier especially like if you're alone on the holidays or you have a stressful family you have to spend with that like triggers you but also it's the end of the year it's the same as like birthdays are for people you start kind of doing this year in review and god do we love to focus on what did I not do? What went wrong? And that is for a solo podcast for another time. But before I bring on the wonderful B, I would like to challenge you to take a moment, maybe even pause this. Maybe now can be the time you journal. Or just if you're listening to this on a walk or a drive, something to think about for a moment. What went right this year? What actually in your life was a good thing? Look for the light. That's, you know what I mean? Sometimes you got to search for it. Unfortunately, it's not always beaming at 100% right on you and over you at all times. And speaking of whether or not lights are beaming and what's on you all the time, we're going to talk about the planets and the suns and the stars in the sky. Without any further ado, by the way, go follow her at the Zine Witch. It's linked in the show notes. She does awesome shit. You're going to love her. I love her. Get ready to hear what is in store for the year ahead up in the stars with the wonderful B. Hey, idiots. I am here with 
uh, former guest. You have heard her on before. If you've been listening the whole time, if you're new, you're going to love meeting her because she's excited. She's exciting. She's amazing. Uh, you guys, it's B at the Zine Witch. The Zine Witch. Follow her on Instagram. Find her everywhere. She's iconic. We are going to be talking astrology. This episode is coming out at the beginning of the year. Uh, if you're listening to this, you already know that. Um, <laughs> or you're listening to it late and you missed all the information and now you're going to look back on your year and go, this makes so much sense. Uh, anyways, uh, B, thanks for joining me. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm so excited to have you. And uh, we talked about this briefly right before we started the show, but uh, you, she is already tapped into the type of fans that may or may not be listening to this show. Um, and it is very much my audience. And what I love about all of you guys that listen is that some of you listening are already like, fuck yes, astrology. I'm here for it. I love it. And some of you are like, oh, here we go. A bunch of witchy bullshit. I don't know what the fuck. Women and their stars or whatever. So before we dive into what we're going to be covering in this episode, which is sort of a general look at this year's astrology, um, we're going to talk a little bit about what astrology is and some of the misconceptions that there are. Um, so I don't know if you just want to kind of launch into talking about some stuff, because I'm sure you have some generals off the top. I think a lot of people have the misconception that the planets are like making us do something. And that's not actually what astrology is. As we all know, you know, the Gregorian calendar is a man-made invention, like the clock system that we use. It's really nice. It keeps track of time. But any scientist will tell you like time is not linear. And we're still exploring what that means, right? So back in civilizations. They really looked at the patterns in the sky to tell the story of time. And so it's not so much the planets are making us do something. It's actually a study of um, pattern recognition um, and using kind of maybe the stars as that metaphorical clock because they, you know, they're always going to move in a certain fashion. And that's the one thing that we can count on that's consistent. Astronomers would agree with that. Science people would agree with that. So it's more like looking at them um, and kind of understanding the mythology around what these planets mean, what they represent, and what kind of events sort of coincide with these moments in time. I love that. I love that. And for everyone listening who maybe just immediately went, what the fuck is a Gregorian calendar? Because I feel like I have that level of people. Yeah. Like, That's just the calendar that we use regularly. Correct. And there's millions of different types of calendars. Um, you know, even like in the United States, we use a very, for example, different calendar than they do in Israel. In Israel, it's like 570 something. I'm, I'm probably wrong, but you know, they have their own way of telling time. <laughs> yeah. And it's all like, they are all systems that at some point were created. And um, it's so funny now to think of anyone listening, not realizing that that's like a definite <laughs> system, but it, yeah, but it is funny that some people maybe just are so this is their day to day that they don't even think about it. So really it's, um, I like that you use the term pattern recognition. Cause I feel like I just have never thought of it that way. And so I guess my thought or my question would be, so the things that, you know, we'll often hear of uh, 
becoming hurdles with certain types of astrology. I think the one we're used to, you know, the most common one we hear is Mercury in retrograde where people will, you know, sometimes there's mix-ups in communication. Um, yes. And then some people really run wild with that and anything that goes wrong in their life, they blame Mercury in retrograde, but <laughs> Yes. I mean, and that's like definitely a thing. Um, keeping in mind that there are, you know, um, various conversations. I like to think, okay, so something that's really simple to think about is like, think of the planets as, you know, um, a transit system. We call them transits. So think about it like you're, they're bus stops, you know, and when certain people are on the bus, you're going to feel like a certain type of vibe, right? Um, you have people that are more aggressive. Maybe that would be like a metaphor for Aries or Mars energy. So when that's coming in, people are looking for a fight. Um, but as opposed to maybe Capricorn energy, which is ruled by Saturn. So Saturn's a little bit more of a, like a disciplinarian and he's the principal and he's, you know, he's Mr. Building basically. Yeah. He's just misbehaving. So you're not going to, you're going to have like a much more censored, you know, you can read a book on this bus, you know, like you're not going to be bothered. So yeah, I like to think of them as bus stops. I like that. That's such a great uh, metaphor. And yeah. so for those who are maybe just completely in the dark, no pun intended, uh, about <laughs> astrology, sort of how it maybe can impact an individual. It's based on what's going on in the sky at that certain moment, but also has to do with what time and where you were born, right? Yes. And I think that for the people who are listening, who maybe work in like a hospital setting or somewhere where they're going to see a lot more crisis situations, I mean, you're going to see, for example, on a full moon, you're going to see people being very worked up. There, of course, there's, you know, um, all the old jokes about full moons, you know, but people really, you're, emergency rooms get full during full moons. And then with new moons, you know, generally things get kind of, they kind of slow down because there are new cycles opening up. So there's a bunch of different things happening in an astrology chart at once. It's not, oh, you're a Gemini. You must be like this. Um, <laughs> Bipolar. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, there's a, there's a few different conversations uh, and that's where it gets a little bit complicated for people. Okay. And um, so just please know that like when someone's looking at an astrology chart, they're not just analyzing like a particular sign They're They're looking at the conversations of the planets and like how they get along. And like, let's say we use that, you know, um, metaphor of like a bus stop, right? Like maybe you're on a road trip with people and certain planets are going to be like your allies. You're going to be in sync. For example, um, Jessica Michelle, you are a Libra moon. I'm an Aquarius moon. These two planets are these two signs. They they trine each other, meaning they're in the same element. They're both air signs. Okay. The moon, our emotional landscape and how we deal with awkward situations or where we find ourselves comfortable. So air moons tend to need to verbally uh, exchange ideas. So when you're worked up, you're probably going to want to talk about it with a friend as opposed to maybe a Scorpio moon that needs to like really let it settle. They might be a little bit more critical. Uh, should I act on it? Because they're going to want to be a little bit more controlled. So you're planning a road trip. You want to find people who have, you know, for example, uh, a moon that gets along with yours because that's your comfort. Oh, that's so interesting and has forever altered how I will 
decide who <laughs> I tour with. So sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Well, on that little note, with like birth charts being so important to uh, how astrology kind of plays a part in your life and also great thank you for using the full moon analogy because i feel like there's definitely a pretty decent chunk of the population out there that would go astrology that's a bunch of bullshit but then they would re you know reiterate something that well you know people are crazy on the full moon they always say it and it's like okay well what those things go hand in hand so that's something to think about uh if if people are wanting to pull their birth chart so we want people to take a second and pull their birth chart, right? Like that's Yeah. So one of the places that I would really recommend if you're new to astrology, you want to follow along this conversation with us, I encourage you to. Uh, I want to hear your feedback. Message me and let me know like what you learn. Um you yes, want to go to tagged in the show notes, by the way. So, do that. <laughs> so I really like using a website. Uh, a lot of astrologers like using the website website uh astro.com. So you can type in your info. You'll need your birth date, your birth time and your birthplace and then you can plug it in um and i use what is called a whole sign house system when i'm looking at transit so if you pull your chart on costar or cafe astrology it's probably not going to come up like that so one simple way as a newbie um you can kind of look at it is to you know say you're a libra rising when you pull your chart right and that'll be the, whatever sign is in the first house i want you to pull up a google search that says libra rising chart and then image search it and you can actually pull a physical chart so you can follow along today <laughs> oh i love that so you kind of focus on um like or not focus but it, it, it sort of stems or goes around the rising sign. Yes. And so everyone's chart is going to look the same in a whole sign house system. I, um, when you pull your chart on the co-star, it uses something called a Placidus house system. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're doing more soulful work, if someone's looking for meaning in their life, I like using it for that. But when it comes to like strategic transits, like things that are concrete, I like using whole sign. I love this. I, uh, I think I, I use the Chani app. I think you might have recommended that book. Yeah, the great uh, app. Uh, and she does the same thing. And it's so funny that you're saying this now because I for sure read her book before I got the app and probably forgot you saying this exact same thing <laughs> in our previous conversation, which by the way, if you guys like this and you want more in-depth, just general astrology 101, uh, I have already interviewed B, and you can search for that uh, in the podcast. I Join my Astro School. $25 a month, you get like a shit ton of content. Oh my and... God. Yeah, just go do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just remember looking at CoStar and I don't know why, but I like looked at my chart there and I was like, this chart's wrong. Like I didn't, <laughs> it just was like something, I, I don't remember like what thing was differently placed, but I was like, hmm. Um. Anyway, it's yeah. probably not so wrong. I, it's just different. Like, I mean, like if you hate astrology, hate astrology, but maybe just like color me, the next 30 minutes of your time. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong. Yes. <laughs> Just humor us. And for the next, however long we go, just go. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to choose to believe or pretend to believe that this could be real and yes. see how you feel and, and see what you learn and see what you take away. I think that's so important to do with all of these conversations. And yeah, this one is no different. So we're going to take a quick, quick break 
So you guys have time to pull up your chart. And when we come back, we're going to dive into more about our charts and about what's going on this year. Yay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Okay, we are back. Uh, and I mean, let's just get down down and dirty, I guess. Do you think that there is some <laughs> stuff we should walk through in terms of general knowledge about the charts before we dive into kind of the overarching themes you have for the year? Or do you think it'll all... I think we'll be good. If, as long as you have your chart pulled up, you found a whole sign chart online, an image that you know kind of shows where all these houses are that I'm going to talk about. Um, and uh, you should be good. And if you do have a question, you know, just send me a DM or send me an email or something like that. But I think it should be self-explanatory. Also, if you do pull your chart on like CoStar, it will always give you your rising sign correctly. It's just other things that are okay. usually incorrect. Yeah, I shouldn't have uh, made anyone <laughs> worried about that. If it was the rising, I would have said that and remembered it immediately. But The rising, ascendant, all of these words are, you know, they're the same thing. So first house ascendant rising are all the same thing okay awesome um well i hope you guys have your pull your chart <laughs> pulled i have my chart pulled up and i am so excited nice. to hear what kind of i mean like you're just kind of going to go into some like general things for the year yeah. that are going to maybe be big for broad strokes to pay attention to so what i'd like to do today is talk about i'm going to talk about three major transits and then the eclipses so the first thing I think is like the biggest movement that's happening next year starts on January the 20th, and that's Pluto is moving into Aquarius. So to describe Pluto, Pluto is a very slow moving planet. The further out a planet is, the slower it's going to move, right? So Pluto moves in a fashion where it really defines an entire generation of people. So millennials are often Pluto and Scorpio. Um, if you were born between 1972 and 1983, you might have a Pluto in Libra. And these are different generations. That would be like what they call that Gen X or something or, you know, later millennials. <laughs> they're yeah. so forgotten. Everyone's like millennials, <laughs> Gen Z. And they're like, fuck you guys. What about us? <laughs> so when when these planets shift we see big huge generational shifts in the world it really feels like this is just like a new moment in time so i'm going to take you in the way back machine to the last time that pluto shifted because that would have been in 2008. so if you want to look at your chart and see where capricorn is because capricorn's right behind aquarius this is where generationally 
you have been telling a story you have. So Pluto represents transformation, decay, you know, birth, like death and birth cycles. So like redoing something, recycling something, um, just like burning that motherfucker down kind of thing. So um, wherever Capricorn is in your chart, whatever house it's in, that's where it's been doing a lot of work over the last, what house that's like 15 years or so. And so you will see a story in your life kind of play out. So usually like if it was in your fourth house, the fourth house rules the home, the family, the living situation. So you might've moved, you know, if that was happening for you. Um, so you'll want to see the associations of that particular house and there's a story that will be ending so that a new one can begin. And that's what you're here to change now, because this happens over like a very long period of time, it's not going to happen very like suddenly, but you're going to start to see this change. And then you can look back when Pluto moves into Pisces, which it will like, you know, 15, 20 years from now and see what that full story was about. So the first house, quickly, if it, if this is happening in your first house, this is your physical body, this is your job, this is how other people see you, you're redefining that part of you. So we'll see like major transformations if you're like, for example, an Aquarius rising or Aquarius ascendant, that's, that's physically who you are is transforming over the next 10, 15 years, right? Okay. Just in your second, it's going to deal looking, with- Really quickly, are people looking at where Pluto is or where Capricorn is? They want- Capricorn is in their chart. Okay. And they're pretty see a story that is ending in their life. Right. Okay. So, so perspectives like, okay. So if where Capricorn is in your chart, that is the story that's ending and where Aquarius is, this is where the story is beginning. So quickly I will go over some of the, uh, uh, the significations of the houses. So you can kind of, sorry, I interrupted. I wanted to, no, no, that's great. I like questions. It makes me feel like you guys are understanding things better and I'm not just talking. Okay. So the first half will be physical body. Like I said, yourself, who you are in the world, changing, transforming. Um, This might look like you're, you're, you know, a lot of times we can see this in relationship to other people. So people can go through divorces. They can go through marriages. Their physical name is changing who they are. Their job changes, but it's physically things that physically people can see that are happening in your life. Right. Wow. So if you're an Aquarius rising, Pluto is moving there. If you're a Capricorn rising, Pluto has been doing that since 2008 for you. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yes, that makes total sense. Okay. So second house is a lot to do with our finances, our diet, and our self-esteem. So if it's been going, if it's moving into there, these things are about to change. Maybe it's your finances. If it's already been in there, maybe you've learned some powerful lessons in finances over the last, you know, 15 years or so. Third house has to do with communication, siblings, vehicles and short trips and when i say short trips i don't mean like going to the next state i mean like this is any travel within your country right so stuff like that going on tour i guess a u.s tour very third house um fourth house is home and family and your emotional center fifth house has to do with children and then also like the the creative babies that we have like if you are an artist or you know, you're working on your art in some way, oh. self fifth house. Sixth house is our health and our habits. Um, the seventh house is our partnerships. And that's not just romantic, although it can be. 
It's um, the people who we have sold contracts with, whether that's a sibling, whether that's a business partner, it's the other people in your life. The eighth house is our shared finances, debts, banks. It's all the stuff we do not like to talk about. So sex, death, and taxes fall into this house. <laughs> and transformation. So like your your Phoenix moments. Um, the ninth house is about uh, spiritual practice. It's about higher learning, higher knowledge. Um, it's about international travel. And it's oh. about philosophy and religion it, it attributes meaning where we attribute meaning things 10th house is career public image 11th Uh-oh. house that's the house oh. i'm moving into <laughs> it's finally that's- happening maybe <laughs> yes um and so then you're the 11th house no no it's great uh 11th house i'm glad it resonates for you the 11th house has to do with like um how uh, it's like the least personal house in the sense that it has to do with the collective. So it's like how other people see you. It's a house of the future. It's eccentric. Um, it's also like our hopes and dreams. Um, so when you have people who have a lot of planets in this house, they tend to be a little bit like hipsterish or like they're thinking ahead of things. Um, oh. um, and then the fault house has to do with our subconscious and the things that are hidden that we hide from ourselves it also has to do with um like our dream the dream world it can do with addictions um clubs that you might join to get off of addictions so it's like secret Ooh. things secret societies things you're not supposed to talk about and things that are hidden also hospitals and prisons which could kind of be the same thing in a way <laughs> Yes. What a secret society to join. Prison. That's yes. I was part of a secret society for about 20 years. They were just in prison. <laughs> um, so, so that's the first thing I wanted to say was Pluto is moving into Aquarius. So the Capricorn story that it was telling, Capricorn is systems, government. It is um kind of just like the old fashioned kind of energy. The the and so like it's also slow but steady kind of energy. It's an earth sign. So it's like all about, you know, things that are very practical. So those systems have been changing since 2008. They have literally fallen apart. We've seen a lot of government falling apart in places. So that's Pluto and Capricorn. So Pluto and Aquarius, again, we associate Aquarius sometimes with that 11th house, the hipster kind of house I mentioned earlier. So the 11th house has to, and Aquarius energy has to do with the future. And it has to do with, you know, what benefits the collective and groups of people. It's also because it's like the future, it rules things that are like technological. So, you know, um, computers, um, when you plug in an electric guitar, that's very Uranian, you know, that's very 11th house Aquarius energy. So it's the inventor archetype, I would say. And it's about groups and what benefits everyone else. So we're going to see a lot of changes in these areas and obviously a lot of technological change. Um, When Pluto moves 15, 20 years from now, we're going to be in a different world. And so my question to you is looking at your Aquarius, like where this falls in your chart at home is how is technology I'm going to affect this area of my life in in possibly a beneficial way over time. Um, how can I connect with other people in new ways? Um, what friends and groups of people and organizations are going to come into my life through this 
area of life. So for example, if this is happening in your ninth house, maybe you've decided to go back to school uh, and you're going to pursue a degree or something and uh, you're looking to find a job that benefits the collective or maybe you're meeting new friends through this area of life. So that's where you're going to see changes start to unfold. Now that's begins on January 20th, 2024, and it will play out over a long period of time. So it's not going to happen overnight. But, but if you plan it various too, this will especially affect you. Wow. This is fascinating. Yes. Wow. That's the big broad stroke of the year. Um, then there's more insular stuff. So we have the eclipses. So eclipses are storylines that generally play out over six months. My great metaphor for an eclipse is it's like a season opener of a television show. And then um, the lunar eclipse, so that would be a solar eclipse, would be the opener, right? Something new storyline for the next six months. And then the lunar eclipses are going to be the finales. Oh, okay. And so the eclipse we just had was, what was that? Um, we just, we actually just had a solar eclipse, but we're about to have a lunar eclipse. We might've already had it by the time this airs. Oh yeah. That's, um, oh yeah. I like should tell everyone I was recording this in October of 2023. Um. <laughs> yes. So we have a few eclipses next year and they are in, um, the signs of, uh, Libra and Aries. And so, um, and also Pisces, we have a lunar okay. eclipse. So. I'm going to share the degree points that they're happening at. And if you have planets within like maybe 10 degrees, um, now this might be a little advanced. So if you don't understand this right away, that's totally fine. But to people who are like catching on um, and looking at their chart, you'll look at the first number next. So it'll say like 25 Scorpio or something, right? Okay. First number is what's important. So, um, if you have planets within like 10 degrees of this, this means there's a storyline opening up for you. Um, for everyone, there's a storyline, but it's going to be more potent for those people. Okay. So the first one is on March 25th, and that is a lunar eclipse. So that is a finale in the Libra section of your chart. It's at five degrees. So if you have planets at um, the early degrees of Libra to about 10 degrees, I would say, then there's something that's kind of wrapping up or culminating at this time for you. Um, And then there's a solar eclipse at 19 degrees of Aries, and that's on April the 8th. And so that's a new beginning happening in that Aries part of your chart. Okay. Then there is a lunar eclipse uh, on September 18th. That's at 25 degrees of Pisces. So you'll want to see where Pisces is in your chart because there's going to be a wrapping up there. And then a October 2nd solar eclipse is happening in Libra at 10 degrees. So there's going to be a new beginning in the Libra section of your chart. And if you have planets there, potent. Um, you said 25 degrees Pisces? Yes. Well, sorry, I'm obviously looking at my uh, own chart. But... <laughs> That, I think that was the only one by two degrees that didn't fall within 10 degrees for me. So that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, next year will be a very big year for you. You'll have certain parts of your life that I would imagine are culminating, coming to. And again, the moon, your moon is in, is in Libra. So the moon has to do with our emotional center. It's the women in our lives, our family. 
So you might see a lot of like family storylines or how you feel about it might change, you know, or maybe you're putting up, you know, Libra and Aries. So let's talk a little bit about what these two signs are so we can see the themes. So Libra is all about balance and aesthetics and it's it's equitable. It's about justice. It wants to see things that are fair for everyone. It's an air sign. So it like, it, it's a little social. It's about relationships, how we communicate within relationships. Um, so Libra energy likes things to be equitable. It likes to be, things to be fair and it pays attention when it's not. And then explodes sometimes. <laughs> what? Aries and is the opposite sign. And so Aries, if, if, if Libra is about peacefulness, right? Aries is about war. So <laughs> Aries is about me, 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 me. It's the first sign of the Zodiac. It kind of has the energy of a, like of a baby where it's like, think about when you're a baby, like you don't have words yet. So if you like, I'm thirsty, I'm grabbing this drink right here. Like, like yeah. I know this, that's Aries energy. So it comes in fast and it like, it's ready to deal with things. It's assertive. So where you have Aries in your chart, that's where you probably have that kind of aggressive energy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have planets in Aries, that's where other might, other people might perceive you as a little aggressive. So there's energies like big war and peace, war and peace, like aesthetically pleasing. And then I don't give a fuck energy, you know, like a fight, flight versus fight, you know, it's these kind. Of <laughs> and when it comes to our justice system, this is going to be very big um, because Libra is the justice system. It rules lawyers and things that are very fair. And 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 my personal thoughts on this as like a collective prediction, uh, I think we're stepping into a time where like court TV is going to have, if it hasn't already, is going to have a comeback. Like this is a big year to watch your television for some monumental court cases. And we might even see like, so the last time the nodes of fate we're in Libra and Aries where they are right now was 1986, 87. So if you were born within these years, these are your nodes. You're in like a, a pivotal moment of like your soul's purpose, wow. but we're going to see court cases probably from around that time or events from around that time kind of resurfacing in some way. So wow. what's funny, is like I'm rewatching now and i don't know what will happen maybe three months from now this will be a big news story but like i'm watching they're looking again at the mendendez brothers case and they're like being believed and i think about these events were probably those murders happened in 89 so i would imagine some of the events leading up to that probably happened around those times so that's a case to watch <laughs> oh wow oh i love the tie-in to, to yeah cases. Um, another thing to think about, too, is one of our biggest or two of our biggest transits next year is about our have to do with Jupiter. So first. Oh, can we take a quick break and go to the quick transits? OK, because sure. I know these are going to be big and exciting. OK, you guys, we'll be right back. OK, we're back. And we were just talking about the like two two more big transits going on. I'm sorry I cut you off for the break. No, no. OK. And this is the part that I think will be exciting for your audience because you're a comedian. So Jupiter actually, in addition to ruling like ethos and like philosophy and these higher principles associated with the ninth house um, and legal systems and things like that, um, Jupiter is uh, also comedy. And it also has to do with like having an optimistic 
part of like an optimistic outlook on life. It's like luck and it's, it's gambling energy. It's really fun. It takes risks and it doesn't like to kind of settle down. And it's just kind of, it's kind of sardonic in a way. So Jupiter is meeting up. Let's let's use the bus metaphor again. So (laughs) it's having a transit with Uranus and Uranus is that again, it's associated with Aquarius. So it has to do with like, things that are innovative, the future, technology, all um, things that are independent of. So people who have this conjunction natally in their chart, meaning they were born under it, they are pioneering and they're like punk rock as hell. So like uh, Dave Grohl has that in his, yeah. So he's, you know, Roswell Records is like, he's like the richest independent music label owner of all time. You know what I mean? He got a break where he owns all his own music. Um, so they, they kind of a luckier transit. Um, but it's also interestingly, this is something I've paid attention to for a while. Cause I have this conjunction natally. I was always like, what does this mean for me? Cause I don't feel very lucky. Um, but I've noticed a lot of people who have this conjunction end up in careers surrounding comedy, but the last time there was a conjunction of these two planets was 2010. It was in Pisces. And we saw a huge surge of independent comedy during that time. So I think Uranus is independent, Jupiter's comedy. And we also saw this as like a very potent time for like ensemble casts of comedians. So like, that's kind of like the height of like those shows like Community or Parks oh, and yeah. Um, But Aziz has this natally. So he he's like a walking example of somebody who has this conjunction. And you think about like what his humor is. It's always been like a little hipster-ish, a little bit alt. Um, Hannibal Burris has it. Lessinger has it. So they tend to be, they tend to be kind of people who can kind of do things their own way. So if you're listening to this and you're a comedian and you're like trying to figure out how to make it, my advice for this year is to just play up your weirdness like that doesn't mean to like you make shit up but like generally the things that make you quirky or weird or talk about your specific special interest you know like that's going to be much more appreciated this year um yeah and so if also if you're like a musician I wouldn't be surprised if like more independent art kind of resurfaced as like the thing again um these people tend to like have a very unique outlook on life. So some of the charts that I've been looking at just off the cuff, like music wise, culture wise. Um, so Bob Dylan has this natally at the exact degree. So there's going to be something that happens with Bob Dylan. I think Brian Wilson and Sam Smith all have it. And you think about these are very Brian Wilson's like another, you know, like just all of these Bob Dylan's very quirky. So like, really infuse yourself with that you know like those types of people in 2010 when the last conjunction occurred i think this was like the rise of kesha and so if you think about kesha i should say you know i'm obviously everyone you're naming is so much more famous than i am but for people (laughs) just for reference i when i moved to la to pursue comedy me and my roommates before i moved out did a dress up as your favorite celebrity party i dressed up as kesha and I moved to California in 2010. So, Whoa. 
So that this will be this will be a big moment for you. So like when I think of Kesha, like that persona that she had in the beginning, it was very Jupiter Uranus. It, it was very like the Jupiter part is like the partying part. Uranus is like the electrical part. There was a conjunction in 97. So maybe think about this. Okay, let's move through history and and, and you can make your own assumptions at yeah, home. Everyone, and make- how is this like? Yeah. Okay. So the, let's start with the 60s because that's the most modern uh, or not the most modern, the, the most modern that I can speak to probably. Uh, well, actually, let's start. Let's start. Okay. So last time at Jupiter and Uranus was in Taurus was in 1941. So think about that time period and how a lot of things were changed. Like that was a a prominent time for like radio and like vaudeville and stuff, which was like kind of seen as like, a, it was allowing entertainment into people's homes in a brand new way, right? Yeah. Then one um, was in 19, the summer of 1969. So think about what that meant in our culture. Like that's Woodstock, that's the Monterey uh, Festival. Like this is Hendrix taking a very Jupiter, thing the star spangles banner it's patriotism it's country stuff jupiter stuff and he made it electronic which is very uranian and so it was a very cutting edge time obviously it was a time of a culture shift there's a really great podcast that karina longworth does called you must remember this where she talks about 1969 and how it was a yes because of the manson murders in la there was like a moment where like people didn't used to lock their doors and then they started seeing things and locking their, it was a culture shift is what I'm saying. Um, Abbey road came out that year. Uh, we withdrew troops from Vietnam. we landed on the moon allegedly. Yeah. Um, I think about it like I'm a music person. So I think about it like, um, Abbey road came out that that was the first Led Zeppelin album. So rock and roll shifted and it was, so these are 12 year cycles. So it starts with this, right? And then 12 years, you'll see kind of the ending of what that was, that expression. So it's like major weird self-expression. So 2010 until now, think about all the things that have happened in alternative comedy, right? Now there's a new cycle. It's meeting up in Taurus. So it's like a new beginning. Um, The 97 conjunction, now uh, I feel like what I noticed was like knowledge coming from music, knowledge coming from like the like worldly sounds. So like when I think of 1997, I think of like Bjork homogenic and I think of like her kind of changing the landscape of electronic music. Um, all of the bands that were really big in 1997 were also from other countries. So like um, we, that was like the rise of Britpop, for example, Silverchair coming from Australia kind of, having their own thing and widening yeah. that app of they became a very expansive band, um, which is a very Jupiterian thing. So it really is like a new beginning in the way we're learning and conceptualizing our art. So just keep that in mind. If you're into comedy, this is a time to really get into like philosophy, really deconstructing things and the way we look at things, lifting the veil, so to speak, on really complicated subjects but making them kind of funny yeah oh i love that no that's so funny that's where some of my new stuff has been headed anyway so that's then you're you're right on point so anyway i want to give the dates of this conjunction because we'll see events on those dates maybe someone will play this back a year into the future and maybe like bob dylan will 
release an album or something, or maybe he'll be honored in some way. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, one other tidbit I kind of wanted to say too, just on this transit. Now, um, one thing I found that was really cool that happened during this transit was this is when Alanis, um, she, you know, has this height of success of Jagged Little Pill in 95, but then she takes her trip to India and she takes a spiritual journey and it like changes her whole life. Yeah. And like where Alanis is now, if that was, you know, like now she's on the internet, like self-care, helping people, talking to psychologists, like that was like a whole world opening up for her. So if yeah. you're at home, and you have an opportunity to take some sort of spiritual journey in 2024, do it. I love that. Do it, you yeah. guys. Anyway. Don't miss it. <laughs> so that'll be on uh, April the 20th and 21st, which I also think is hilarious because if there is a day to go to another dimension, that would probably be 420. But <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a bunch of people who just coincidentally do it. Yeah. It's yeah. the, the universe is just like, well, if we can't get people to pay attention, we'll just come to them. <laughs> yes. So we'll, we'll see some interesting art this year. It'll be a really cool time if you're like into outsider art and stuff like that. Um, but Jupiter is also moving into Gemini, which will be a big shift. And that happens on May 25th. So shortly thereafter. And that will be there until 2025. So Jupiter into Gemini. Jupiter, again, knowledge, humor. Um, attributing meaning to things. So where you have Gemini in your chart, that area is going to get meatier. It's going to get juicier. You're going to have a lot of abundance coming in to your Gemini house. Um, you're going to meet, you're going to grow in this area of life and you're, or you're being encouraged to grow. Sometimes this is not always in the most fun way. Sometimes this can be through <laughs> conflict. Depends on what your Jupiter story is in your chart. Um, but, you know, this is an area where you're going to be having a lot of lessons and you might be encouraged to travel. So if it's like, I don't know, if it's in your seventh house, you might be traveling a lot with a partner. If it's in your first, if you're a Gemini rising, um, this is actually going to be a time where of popular increased popularity. You're going to have more money coming to you probably. Um, you're going to be encouraged to grow and expand. Maybe the world is seeing you in a different light. You know, all of that stuff. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So these are like the transits that are mainly happening this year. And again, like if you, if this, all of this is confusing or if it sounds good to you, I, I'm happy to do a reading. I've, I'm booking right now for December and January. So, you know, um, I'm, ha I'm happy to kind of walk you through your chart. And something I love doing too is like life is all about timing um, and so I love being able to help people accomplish their creative dreams by just kind of presenting them with the best timing to release it. So I love doing that. We call that electional astrology. Oh, I um, that. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, if someone is listening to this and they are interested in doing a reading with you, what is the best way for them um, I have a website. It is thezinewinch.com. You can purchase anything there. If you're confused as to which, you know, reading would fit for you, you can email me and just like I can give you a suggestion for what your need is. If you don't see something there, um, I'm happy to like figure it out. Um, and that my email is just thezinewitch at gmail.com. Um, and then I also like did a discount code for any of your listeners for a 30% off if they use the discount code 
JMS all capitalized. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I do something called a spell crafter, which is really cool. That tends to be one of my better sellers where we actually look at your chart for the year and then um, you tell me what it is that you want to accomplish in the year or where you want to grow. Generally, there's going to be conditions for that to grow. If not, I will t- explain what year that would be and we will create spell work, ritual, affirmations that best reflect what's happening in the sky so that you can actually have your your dreams come true. Because sometimes like I've had people be like, you know, I did spells as a kid, but they never worked. And it's, they don't realize it's, again, it's this magical clock of the sky. So timing is everything. So and it, you, you can make anything you want happen for the most part. I mean, within reason, uh, yeah. if right timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like with, yeah, not, yeah. Within, within reason. Say, within your karmic contract to be here. <laughs> yeah. There's some things you just have to deal with, I suppose. Um, before we wrap up, Oh my God. I'm so sorry to everyone. If you can hear my dog barking at I don't nothing. Hear- okay. <laughs> she's, <laughs> I swear to God only barks when I start podcasting. It's like, she's acting out. Um, it's hilarious. Oh, I just heard like our little, yeah. I'm like, Oh, and if I go up there, she'll close her mouth and be like, I don't, what, what I was, I wasn't doing nothing. Uh, it's, it's like, she's like, you're paying attention to someone else. What's, what's the deal? Uh, I wish I knew her birth date. So I could, (laughs) (laughs) um, how I want to just do some like quick little mini interview background of like your relationship to astrology. Like, how did you get into this? Um, <laughs> I got into astrology. I mean, I guess I, there was always like an interest. My parent, my mom died when I was three. So I always, and like, I grew up in a, in a very religious environment. So like there was some part of me that already like always knew that there was more two things. And then my sister, I think I've talked, I talked about this on the last episode. My sister and I have always had like a very witchy connection. Yeah. And, and so um, I guess I went through, although there was an interest for a really long time, I went through a really bad breakup and some really uh, awful things. And I was just like, how did I get here? And I was doing a lot of like soulful work. And it was the first time I read something where things in my body made sense. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, I've been feeling this. I've been feeling astrology for a long time. And and it's the way that it would come out a lot to you would be like, I would matchmake my friends and I wouldn't know why because I'm autistic. I just thought it was like my weird, you guys should be friends. That you were a rain man for friendships. <laughs> Basically, I was the millionaire matchmaker. By the way, Patty Stanger started off as an astrologer. So I think that that's really funny. Um, so generally people... Like, I just, I, I always kind of had that. So the minute that I was like, oh, well, that person was a Gemini sun. That person was a Gemini moon. I must've felt that. I was like, oh, this makes sense. So I guess that's kind of how I got into astrology. One of my favorite books I'd love to share um, really changed my life. If you're like new to astrology, you're like, okay, sold. How do I read more about this? Look up your, what are called the nodes of fate. So your North node but sometimes it's referred to as a true node um, and your south node and get this book called Astrology for the Soul by Jan Spiller. It is incredible. She does these deep dives into your past lives. It just so resonated for me. 
And that book, once I read that, I was like, I'm sold. Like, this is, I want to explore this more. I love that. Um, and then you just sort of, what did it just start with you kind of exploring for yourself and then asking friends if you could like talk to them about theirs? Like, how was your... Yeah, like when I... I was like obsessed with, once it made sense to me, I was obsessed with reading charts. So I'd read them for friends. And, you know, when I wanted to start my business, I just was like reaching out to people and being like, if you like this reading, please give me a review. If you don't, you don't have to say anything. You can never talk to me again, you know? And <laughs> I was just, as I was doing more and more readings, like I, I was, again, that information gathering pattern recognition, I realized I'm also autistic. So like, this is my special interest I can like I I understood things on it like a I don't know it was just suddenly like everything made sense and so I would level you see a pattern patterns that maybe a lot of people wouldn't even put together and then I started recognizing that I was seeing things that other people weren't necessarily seeing pattern recognition wise and maybe that is because of my neurodivergence I'm able to like zoom in on certain things and so I just realized I became good at it because I was able to do that a lot. And then I started developing my own opinions that were separate from what I read in a book. And then it just evolved. I love that. I love this so much. Uh, this is awesome. I, it's so funny. I started working on a bit a long time ago and now having this conversation, I'm like, I need to, I, I shelved it, but it was about astrology and how uh, people who aren't into it think it's illogical and how, uh, it the, it's the premise is basically just that like it it everyone who gets into it has a bunch of things that seem insane happen to them and actually it's the most logical thing because they're like there's literally no other explanation it's people looking for logic which yes. maybe isn't what it is but it's a fun premise and I'm gonna play with well it. here's something I did as a mental health journey and you if you live in like Los Angeles or anywhere near like a beach then maybe I would recommend this to you but. Something that was really simple, and I did this for years, is I live by the water. I love going for walks by the water. But I would start pulling the chart and, like, looking at the wave patterns and how, you know, the, the water was having a conversation. Some days, you know, that it's going over the barriers and it's, like, crazy, right? Like, big tides. Other days, it just feels very still. And I would start recognizing, like, what cycles brought this out. And I was like... And there was certainly a pattern to that. And then being able to even just see that gave like a little note in my head that like when I feel um, when I feel like suicidal sometimes even, you know, like I, it's like a message like, OK, today the water's over the barriers. I'm going over the borders myself. I'm out of bounds. Like I don't feel right. Everything is kind of reflecting that in society. But now I know tomorrow will get better because this transit will be over. I'll go back. I'll see the water. It'll be very still the next day. I'll notice my own stillness. And it's just a kind of practice. So if you're into astrology and you live by water, you can see how it affects other things. For some people, I have a really dear friend who's an astrologer. She notices it with her pets. So she pays attention to her, her pets' moods and certain transits. Usually it's a Mercury retrograde because pets are mercury so when they go oh. retrograde act a little loony <laughs> oh also by the way another thing to think about i just said loony lunatic the moon all of the english language is derived by the stars so saturday saturn day 
Monday comes from the moon. Tuesday is Mars. Like, yeah, whole thing. Yeah. Thursday. It makes a lot more sense if you know them in uh, French or probably Spanish to it. They line up even better. Yeah. So much of our language is reflected in the stars. It's 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 sad to me because I feel like, you know, I respect everyone's like religious or spiritual beliefs but i feel like if we connected more with nature-based religions then maybe we would recognize uh you know how to be kinder to each other i know it sounds very hippy dippy but like you know some people get that from psychedelics i get it from astrology yeah i love that i think it we should be kinder to each other and i wish that more people would we're all connected. <laughs> yeah we're all we're all drops of water yes um that was a wonderful metaphor. That was beautiful. And I think even if you're struggling to get behind astrology for whatever reason, the water thing is still a really great metaphor, even without the astrology. Um, yeah. But hopefully this has, you know, shifted some perspectives. And um, as B said, go to her website, use that code. I'll have it all linked in the show notes. I've done readings with her. I've gotten them for friends who uh, I've got one for my mom. It was, she, she does an incredible job and I'm sure anyone listening to this, you're not surprised by that. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and good luck with your new season. I'm so excited. I listened since day one. I can say that I was a JMS blessed listener since day one. Oh my God. That means so much. And I'm so excited to bring it back. I definitely went through a weird thing of like, I don't have time. And then I was like, why am I interviewing people? I don't want to be Barbara Walters. And then I tried to do a weird thing. And now I'm like, no, I like learning. Why did I stop that? Very air I approve. I love it. <laughs> um, so thanks for joining me again. Thanks for listening. And thanks to everyone listening. And um, we'll see you next time, idiots. That concludes this week's episode of Ignorance is Blessed. I hope you enjoyed the guest. Do you have follow-up thoughts, follow-up questions? Get in the Facebook group and start a conversation. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots on Facebook. You can search for it or find it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash JMS comedy. There you can have a chat about this guest. You can ask about future guests. You, you can suggest future guests. I love it all. Please keep giving suggestions and keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park